Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, that was a weird way to end 2023, don't you think? If there was anything I thought was certain, it was going to be Colby Covington bringing a blistering pace to that title fight, but that is not what we got at all. In fact, we got a Colby we've never seen before, and not for the better. Oh man, let's get into what took place and what this all means. I'm Tommy from MMA On Point. A huge thank you to our channel Hall of Famers, and uh, what the hell just happened? You know what, before we get into that though, we should talk about literally what happened and run this card down. The main event of UFC 296 saw Leon Edwards cruise to a 49-46 decision over Colby Covington to retain the welterweight title. Alessandre Pantoja retained the flyweight title after scoring a UD win over Brandon Royval. Shavkat Rachmanov dominated Steven Thompson to a second round submission victory and Tenacious D was there. Paddy Pimblett, 30-27, Tony Ferguson, and David Goggins was there. No famous people in the first fight, but a terrifying KO of Bryce Mitchell by Josh Emmett at 147 to kick off the main card. The prelims were excellent. Aldana and Rose had a fight of the year candidate. There were all kinds of finishes. Definitely go give them a watch. All right, we're all caught up on what happened. Let's run the numbers now and see if we can't learn anything else. The UFC's 226th card in Las Vegas saw 12 fights with four knockouts, three subs, and three decisions for a total cage time of two hours, 15 minutes, 46 seconds. Only three underdogs would score wins tonight. Nine favorites would prevail. Edwards via UD was plus 220. 25 on some books, honestly not a terrible bet, pretty realistic outcome. The most interesting stats from the main event are all about the challenger though. That was the least significant strikes Colby has landed in a main event five round bout by 34. It was also the least he's thrown at just 126. Pantoja's won 11 of his 14 UFC bouts, that's a 79% win rate. The guy is quietly just one of the best fighters in the world. It took 25 fights for someone to finally submit Steven Thompson, earning him our hanging in there award. Rachmanov's 18 opponents have lasted an average of five Five minutes, 46 seconds, earning him our good luck welterweight award. Patty landed 54 more strikes than any bout in his UFC career thus far, and Tony has now tied BJ Penn for the most losses in a row in the UFC with seven. Emmett needed only two strikes to KO Mitchell horrifyingly. That was the first KO loss to Bryce, who has been hit 274 times before in the UFC. But the stats are for nothing and the chicks are for free. Let's talk about what really happened. And man, we really got to talk about what happened here. Covington said after 
testified that this was ring rust that caused his issues in the cage, and yeah, the dude has been out of the octagon for 651 days. If what we saw was in fact from ring rust, that might be the worst case of it we have ever seen. Colby didn't remotely look like himself in that fight at any point. The pace was non-existent, he was out-wrestled by a striker, he did not throw the insane volume he normally does, it was not in any way a Colby Covington fight. Now, maybe he was right afterwards, maybe that's what happens when you come into a fight that cold after that long, and once he gets fighting again, he'll be as Colby as ever. Or maybe it's like Dana said after the card. The guy is now on the wrong side of 30, and you just don't know if you wait when all of a sudden you're going to stop performing like you performed in the past. This could very well be the start of the decline of Covington's career, and man, if he does in fact want to get back into that title picture, he has a long road with some absolute monsters lurking along it. Think about it, here's a guy who is now on his third failed title challenge, his only two wins in the last four years are Jorge Masvidal and Tyron Woodley, both fighters who I think most would agree were at the very end of their ability when they took Colby on. He needs wins against top-tier talent. Now, of course, if 296 did very well, maybe that door opens for Colby quicker than it would for most other fighters. But if it didn't sell well in his third try, Colby is going to need to get some serious heat with somebody big or get a series of big wins to ever get a fourth try at the goal. I have someone in mind, but I'm going to save that for one of the videos in the coming weeks. And with just nine fights in six years, he's going to need to pick up the pace before Father Time really strips him of his chance to ever see a world title. Leon, on the other hand, looked great. He looked fast, he looked strong. The rare bad spot he was in, he essentially put himself in. Yes, it was not a barn burner of a fight, but it was a clear and decisive victory for the champ. Dana seemed impressed enough after the event. That said, given how lackluster it was, that win is going to generate just about zero buzz for the average MMA fan. And when you look at Bilal, who is clearly next in line, and then, of course, potentially Rachmanov, these are absolute killers who probably aren't going to help Leon sell much of anything. My guess is that his next fight will either headline a UK card so that they can try and feed off that audience, or more likely he'll serve as the co-main for a larger event and defend the title like that, but probably still in the UK, hello Tom Aspinall. Obviously, prior to holding the title, Edwards wasn't exactly a fan favorite, but he did win a lot of people over with his victories against Usman. Unfortunately, the Colby fight has probably put him right back in a cold spot, but the good thing about that is the guy wants to keep building a welterweight legacy, he wants to keep defending, not move up and fight every other champion, and so he could in time with solid defenses against solid opponents, earn the fans' respect, and potentially draw just for being a great champion in an era where those are not as easy to come by. Speaking of understated champions, Pantoja is very much in the same boat, even though the dude's coming off three fights with performance bonuses, and he looked fantastic in his victory against a very game Brandon Royval. Yet afterwards, he felt the need to apologize to the fans, and that is because this guy knows the score. You gotta win, and win in exciting fashion if you're going to be a fighter in a division like Flyweight, because fans' memories are very short. Of course, given his style, I'm sure he'll more than meet those expectations again soon, but it does show how hard it is to stay relevant in this sport, because it's not just about winning. Now, don't get me wrong, that helps a ton, and if you're undeniable, well, they can't deny you. Which begs the question, are we headed for the Shavkat era? As I mentioned earlier, Bilal should be next in line for that shot at welterweight gold. I mean, at this point, it would be downright absurd if they passed him up, and man, if they pair him with Rachmanov first, I don't know a guy who has ever been more screwed over in my life. But however things shake out, certainly down the line very soon, the pride of Kazakhstan is going to get a shot, and if he can remain as dominant as he has, 18-0 with 18 finishes, it's not going to matter if the guy sells, because if he gets that belt, they're going to have to give him fights no matter what, and that era is rapidly approaching. Side note, if they don't have Lorisenko call his first title fight, the UFC is doing it wrong. Alright, so that was all the big stuff, let's wrap this thing up with some odds and ends. 
wins. Patty was largely right about this fight being a lose-lose victory for him against Tony, but that was in large part because this was Ferguson's seventh loss in a row. With Dana saying he thinks Tony should retire at the presser, that doesn't bode well for his future in UFC matchups. As far as Patty, really nothing was lost here. He got a win, and that's all that matters. If anything, he could be served by not always being the center of attention on a card for just a little bit while he builds himself up in his next fight. That KO of Mitchell was one of the scariest things I have ever seen. I am so glad it sounds like he's going to be okay, but man, truly one of the worst ever. And finally, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Sean Strickland and Drickus Duplessis got into a little Donnybrook in the crowd. It was one of the most talked about things that happened on the main card. Hilariously, Dana revealed that he was the one who approved them sitting just a seat from each other with only a child as a barrier. Obviously, the two had a very nasty exchange at the presser the day before, and clearly the bad blood is still boiling. There's been lots of talk this week about people crossing the line, but also a lot of fans who just don't give a single fuck about that. I don't think there was a ton of hype going into their fight before this weekend, but I'm sure people will be glued to see if anything else pops off from now to them getting locked in the cage. That's just the MMA business, I guess. Overall, a pretty damn good year for the UFC product. This last pay-per-view, at least the finale of it, ended the 2024 run with a bit of a whimper instead of a bang, but hey, you can't win them all, right? And yeah, another crazy, weird, and unexpected night of mixed martial arts, which is just about what is to be expected, I suppose. But what do you guys think? What the hell happened to Colby? What is next for Leon? Give me all your takes down in the comments. I love reading them, and I do read them. A massive thanks to our channel champions for making the autopsy possible all year. If you would like to join them, that is what that join button is for. There's all kinds of fun stuff to be had if you do, but hey, liking and subscribing would be awesome as well. And yeah, again, let us know in the comments what you thought about the last card of the year. Let's do this some more in 2024, yeah? See you then, fight fans!